Hey, I'm Christy. And I'm Jeremy. And this is Last Call for Plastisol. Cheers. Hey guys, welcome to the show. Um, today we had a great episode with Jeff from Stampinator. Yes, we did. We had the most fun in the first maybe 30 seconds of the entire thing when he told us the name of his old business his very first screen printing business (laughs) (laughs) and i'm I'm telling you i'm not even gonna go there (laughs) it's not even it's not it's probably not even rated r it's so bad (laughs) i don't know why it caught me so off guard but i needed that laugh for a friday oh my gosh it was it was yeah so please if you do (laughs) anything just listen to the just beginning. listen to the very beginning of the episode it is classic but let me tell you one thing jeff just like aaron at blue ridge is a knowledge of information and he has a ton of info that he shares in this podcast yeah so it's really great. um i say it in the podcast but i will say it at the beginning so you guys take the time to listen to this episode it was like screen printing 101 for people absolutely how to run a screen printing business how to do it right how to get the information you need to get i mean we we basically didn't have to talk the whole time so no (laughs) i asked him one question and he went on and on and on about the the right i mean the incredible answers but it was all answers we all need to hear it's all answers we need to hear and this is not an in-depth interview about the stampinator this is actually Maybe About five minutes on the Stampinator. Five minutes on the Stampinator because all the other shows have done that. We wanted to give you guys something that you could take away from Jeff, who has over 30 years experience yeah. doing this. And he's so in it. He loves it. He's going he's to keep on doing it. Let us know what you guys think. But before we get into the episode, I want to talk about our amazing sponsors with... Out these sponsors, our show would not be possible. So, who's I'm going to start one? off with Blue Ridge because I mentioned Aaron already. Guess what, guys? We're in our new Blue Ridge Studios. How here. hot is this studio? I love it in here. In it's- the in the screen printers lounge. Yeah. So there's actually a type. So it's you guys the, are bougie. The Blue Ridge Studios screen printing lounge. Yeah, I'm in a leather chair. I, I don't know, even know if really I have nice. a leather chair in my house. It makes funny noises <laughs> when your butt's sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> but don't mind you. It's hot. <laughs> it's getting hot in here. No, I'm just kidding. Um, all right, so yes, um, we have to cut that part out, aren't we? No, we're leaving no, we're it. Leave we're it leaving it, it for Please. all of you guys. Yeah. Okay. So listen, we are, I'm sitting here staring at Blue Ridge products, and we're going to take a little quick little walkthrough. Um, so stay tuned for that. But this Aaron's, place is gorgeous. Aaron's great, and he did a lot for us for this episode for this podcast and we couldn't thank him enough but on top of that he has some great products he does and this screen printing lounge in huntersville well just north charlotte if you're in charlotte come by take a look there's recliners you could take a nap you can play some video games there's beer in the fridge he even stocked the diet coke for me awesome and he's uh and he said that you can come in here and rent blue ridge studios for your podcast or just just for whatever you can use it so check out blue ridge screen products and use last call 10 for 10% off anything you want to buy besides an Anatol press and besides an Anatol <laughs> press we got to preface that 10% does not work on the Anatol presses but he sells those too but he sells those too and so I'm, I'm looking over at Monarch Inc and I and I can't say enough about Monarch Inc we um, we just saw a new color on the shelf yes Texas orange I didn't even know that was a thing yeah it is so. it is there's a team in Texas. That well, uses I knew Texas I knew Texas Orange okay. was a thing, but I didn't know Monarch made a Texas Orange, so Monarch I was intrigued by this. You know how you guys just see colors every day, and you get so 
immune to them. And then I was looking at his shelf. I'm like, what's that color over there? I've never seen a bucket of that before. It's yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, things I haven't seen buckets of, um, but there's a lot of buckets (laughs) here of Monarch. (laughs) And and, uh, so please check out Monarch um, Inc. They're a great, they have ink mixing system, ink dispersion systems. They have the things that work for your screen printing shop. It does what it needs to do. It makes things easier. It prints perfect monarchinc.com the other sponsor that just so happens to stock their products here at blue ridge screen products is Corkem. Corkem is a new yeah to our, our podcast brand spanking new and i love Corkem products um there's a wide variety of Corkem products that are all eco-friendly eco-conscious products but my favorite part about them is the byline i think i posted about it on instagram okay. you guys I don't like smells. I don't like strong smells in the shop. They really bother me after having kids. And the BioLine, you can, it smells so nice and it's not strong. And you won't have people come to your shop and go, oh, it's super chemically in here. They're great. Yeah. And Barry over there that uh, handles the screen printing side of things, um, he's great to call on and answer on questions for, for the products and, um, and just a, a, a great resource um, to help you dial in your shop. He actually came into my shop and dialed it in. I was using maybe four or five chemicals. He dialed it down to two or three. Wow. So, yeah. That's awesome. So, you, what, like I said before in the last podcast, what product provider comes into your shop and tells you you need to l- use less of their product? Mm-hmm. That's, that's Those what are you're the getting people from we Corkham. partner with. Those are the people we partner with. And our final sponsor, who was also stocked here. Yes is PMI Tape. And PMI Tape, guys, is going to go out of their way for us at Printing United. That's right. We're going to be at Printing United. We're going to be... At the Anatol booth. The Anatol booth. We're going to be setting up our shop, our, our podcast there. And so we have the opportunity for you guys to come out and see us live at Printing United. If you're in the area, please check that out. But please come to our booth because you're going to get some free PMI Tape Branded. That's branded with last call for plus. So you how guys, cool is that? I texted Jeremy and his wife Jill yesterday. I have never geeked out so much in my life. And and I saw this big box of PMI tape branded with last call for plus. Is all so my awesome. day was made. Yeah. So thank you, Andrew. We thank appreciate you, Andrew. You. Thank you for spreading spreading the word about our podcast. And we are so happy that you're a, a sponsor with the show because let's be honest, PMI tape is the best in the industry. Yeah. Totally. So you guys, I hope you enjoy this episode. Jeff Stampinator, please let us know in the comments. Please comment on our Spotify, on our YouTube. It really helps out, guys. And enjoy. Enjoy. Jeff's also from Slant Engineering. And I know that, Jeff, we've been, uh, we've, we've talked and you've been on several podcasts already. And so we want to get to the other side of Stampinator and hear about Slant Engineering, maybe ask you about the industry a little bit, your thoughts about it, maybe uh, get into some the business side of screen printing a little bit and uh, pick your brain a little bit instead of going into the full history of Stampinator, which you've done a couple times. Is that all right? Yeah, far away. Let's yeah, do it. So how did you get started in screen printing? Uh, I had a idea when i was mountain biking uh was big into mountain biking still like to do it um i got three girls so it's hard to get out there as much as i'd like to but we had a brand called free ride fuckware and uh free ride fuckware was 
the brand for mountain biking because the free ride fuckwear <laughs> was really clothing that we didn't give a shit. <laughs> we didn't care what the we didn't care. We didn't have what's so it? many people tell me snatch and run is an obscure name, but this tops it. <laughs> Yeah, hey, look, the reason it was free ride fuckware is because <laughs> we went to Goodwill and we bought, like, old man pants and we cut them off in the shorts because, we, yeah, we're trashing all our clothes. Well, we had this crazy idea to spray paint stencils on the left leg and then on the T-shirt, and that's how I got into it. And uh, we would do these mountain bike venues, and we'd sell shirts and make, like, six, $700 in a weekend yeah. at these events, and it was awesome. And... uh so back then, you know, we had Google, but we didn't have like YouTube and all this good stuff that you can find, you know, exactly how to print. Right. So I had kind of like bullshit at my way into this position at this company um, that actually was printing for um, drawing a blank. The guy who owns the Ravens. Yeah. Kevin. Uh, Kevin. Kevin. Uh, no, no. Kevin Blank's Under Armour. Oh. Um, uh, anyway. It'll pop yeah. in, but Bishotti, Steve Bishotti. We were doing all their work for Aerotech, or the company was doing all their work for Aerotech. And uh, I went in to, you know, interview, and the guy's like, do you know how to print? And I was like, absolutely. Never pulled a squeegee in my life. He takes me out to the back shop. He's got a manual press. He's got, like, three of them. He's like, set up a job and print. So I'm watching the guy next to me. I'm like, oh, this can't be too hard. Put the head the screen in there, set it all up. He's like, You're hired. I was like, Perfect. So I worked there for about a year and I had this idea of creating my own screen print company called Multi Mind Productions, MMP. And he had found uh, one of the artists that worked for the company actually designed the business card for me. And um, the owner called me into his office and he said, Are you looking? I'm 19 at the time. Say- Are you looking to get in the screen? Screen printing? I said, yeah, I'm thinking about doing it. He's like, well, we don't want competitors working for us, so today's your last day. <laughs> I was like, all right. So I I rolled out, and at 19, I think we had, back then it was $20,000 credit limit on your credit card, right? Mm-hmm. It was unlimited. They, the car, credit card companies just want you get in debt, right? Collect the interest on you. But anyway, I went to Martin Screen Supply. I bought a manual press. I bought a flash. I went to Home Depot. I built my own, uh, bought all the things I needed to build an exposure unit, built that. And by the way, there was nothing out there that told me how to build an exposure unit. There was nothing on YouTube that told me how to print. Yeah, we didn't have that back then. So anyway, long story short, that Monday, I went back to his place. They had the offices were in the front and on the backside of the building was where they print it. I sat out there. I waited for all their contract guys to come in. I was like, hey, look, I opened up a print shop, and I stole three of them. And that's how I got started. I was dating this girl at the time. Her dad gave me uh, his uh, two-car garage. He cleaned it all out, and that's how I set up shop. It was awesome. I've been doing it ever since. That's crazy. So how many many years? I just turned 50 in March. (laughs) So from the age of 19 till 50, I've been printing T-shirts, which is absolutely... I don't know. I don't know if there's anybody out there that has a run like me because most people I know in this industry, they're in it, then they get out of it, right. right? And they might start over ten years later, but I've been doing it since nineteen, and and I love it. 
All right. So, Jeff, I'm going to do – we did this yesterday with our other guests. Because you're, we're on the topic, it's a good, tra- it's a good way to transition into this question. This is it, but this is a good way to transition into it. There's a um, – so – go back to when you started and you figured it all out on your own. Nowadays, there's guys that are buying shops that have zero clue on how to do anything. Right. So what, Absolutely. So what, so what was your, what would you would be your advice for the people out there that are just like, just coming up? Like one, what should they know? And like, you know, how should they go about getting the information? Because literally there's people that buy shops and, want to print shirts and have no clue about anything that has to do with screen printing or anything. So where do they start? Yeah. You know, look, great question. I mean, to me, I, I think you start with going to a shop and getting a job and learning the business, right? I applaud anyone who gets into this business and just dives in and goes out and buys the equipment and says they're going to start printing t-shirts. You know, we've all started, at some point, and we all, we couldn't print. We thought we could yeah. print, but we had no idea what we were doing. And, you know, right now, for anyone out there who wants to become a screen printer, there's plenty of classes that you can take. You know, we're, we offer one on Stampinator.com, uh, a class that you can come in for three days, learn about Stampinator, learn uh, art separations, color se- or color separations, uh, burning to press, the whole nine yards. But... Talk to some of the local screen print shops in your community that are around you. A lot of people today work together. When I got in this business, every it was a secret. Nobody wanted to share any information. Well, the secret, there's no secret anymore because we have YouTube. So if you have a question on how to burn screen, just Google it or YouTube it. Somebody out there is going to talk right. about it and show you. Lee Stewart, he'll give you all the answers that you need on the manual side. Now he's in the automatic and he's learning that side of the business. And he's talking about it, you know, and uh, and I think that's how we're gonna, that's how people are going to grow and, and evolve into a, a really good screen printer. But the one problem for screen printers today is getting into this business and not having an art background or the knowledge of artwork. And you're starting at the bottom and you want to do it all yourself. It's very difficult to do. I, you know, look back in the day, there was a company called Comp USA, and they were all computers. And uh, CompUSA is where I bought my first Mac. I spent $10,000. It was like $9,900 for like a 15-inch monitor. It was awful. But it was cool back then, right? right? And I had, I had a scanner. And we went from – I had a stack camera that we were shooting or we were doing Ruby Lift as well. A year later, all that went away, and we were using print vellum. And vellum, if you wanted a big image – You'd print it out, and if you had half turns, you made sure you had to razor knife everything together to piece it all together to get a big print because we didn't have the Epsons, the short color, 17 wide by 50 inches long or whatever whatever it is, right? It was a whole different ballgame. And the other part was you didn't have the density from from the ink or, or the toner that was being applied to it. So you couldn't burn like a 55 or 60 line screen. You had to do like a 40 or a 45. Yeah. And then somebody got smart and created the spray that you sprayed the uh, toner and it enhanced it a little bit, you know, which by the way, that crap is no good for you. You know, when I started in this industry, I, I always said to people, I'm like, you know, God, I hope I don't ever get like cancer mm-hmm. or something from this industry because 
I started out where everything was so caustic and today, you know, the products have changed, you know, I mean, you know, look, you don't want to sit there and inhale everything that you're doing, you know, when the chemicals, you want to create a good environment. But back then they were harsh and, um, you know, it's, it's changed in the last 30 years. It's amazing, you know, to see the growth of the industry and how many people are out there printing t-shirts and how many people are making, you know, a living as a screen printer. So again, if you want to get in this business, do your research, look into who has the classes out there and go to the top, the top classes, you know, don't go, you know, if there's a class out there at seven ninety five or six ninety five or five ninety five, and there's one for three, well, you get for, you get what you paid for. You're paying more for a class. that's going to give you knowledge and provide you the information that you need. Go that route, spend the extra money, well worth it. And videotape as much as you can, because that's really good knowledge to go fall back on for questions and answers that you may have when you get back to your shop. Because when you leave a class, you're overwhelmed with, you know, just everything that you've learned. Yeah, for sure. So when did you make the jump from that garage that you were printing in to your shop? So I made that jump. I had, uh, I had met a guy. And uh, we joined forces and it was the best thing I ever did because one of the things now in this business, I don't have a partner on the screen print side. And I feel like if, you know, there's three parts to this business, right? You have, you have your sales, you have production and you have your accounting, billing, whatever you want to call it, admin department. If you can have, if you have a partner who knows how to sell, and you have a partner who knows how to print, you can build a successful company from the ground up being young. The problem is when you're young getting into this industry, you don't have a whole lot of capital. So you can't go out and hire that guy for $20 an hour, $25 an hour to print. Mm -hmm. A lot of times, you know, you become, and, and I always say you're an owner operator. You're the guy who is the owner of the company and you're out there slinging t-shirts off the press. I'm that guy. I've been that guy now since COVID. I'm that guy for certain reasons because I like to make videos for the Stampinator and it just allows me to really evolve with developing new products. But, you know, when I go back and I, I look at where I started from the two-car garage and then going into a warehouse, I, uh, we set, I dissolved the company that I had, MMP, and we created just Extreme, Extreme Graphics. And I was the guy that was selling and my partner was running the production. I was bringing in all kinds of business. We had a brand called just Laxon. We were, we were selling it to every uh, lacrosse shop up and down the East coast. Uh, we, we finally, we got into uh, sports authority and then sports authority dissolved and went under, but I'll never forget my first automatic press. It was one of the things a guy had said to me, if you build it, they will come. Mm -hmm. And now you hear that expression all the time, right? But back then, you know, I was 22 years old. If you build it, they will come. Buy an automatic press. If you get that, you'll produce more. And you know what? He was absolutely right. I took an order for 5,000 pieces for the HFS Festival in Washington, D.C. at Redskin Stadium. It was 5,000 shirts. We were going to print the shirts on Monday because the sales guy told me that we could print 5,000 shirts a day on the automatic press. Well, let me tell you how that went. It didn't go over too well. We used 110 mesh. It was multicolor. We had no idea what the hell we were doing. 
It, in one week, we printed 1,500 T-shirts. It was awful. Yes, the yes. company fired us. We like, we were, I was so embarrassed. And at that point, I was like, you know what? I'm going to learn how to do color separations myself. I'm not using any program out there because there was spot process that just came out. That's what we used. And at that point, I went, I took a knife, and I sliced every 110 mesh I had. I got rid of them. I bought 156, 230s, and 305s, and that's all I use to this yeah. day, mainly 230s and 305s. And the prints that we do, they're amazing. And, um, you know, it was a learning curve. But today, I could have had that issue of not being able to print the shirts and Googled it and got an answer within, like, an yeah. hour to know exactly what I was doing wrong, right? And um, But a lot of blood, sweat, and tears when I started, you know, because I, I never said no to anyone. I, was, I took every, every print job that came through. I, you know, I tried to appease everyone, deliver all those good things that you need to do in this industry. But uh, it's tough, you know, and um, screen printing, it's, you don't know when the screen's going to break. You don't know when it's, when somebody spells stampinator wrong, right? And it, you go out the press and it's like, hey, who left out the S? You know, it's things do happen and you do make mistakes. But well, like on the embroidery side that I had of my business, we had six uh, embroidery machines. We had two 12s and the rest were six heads. You could run that like clockwork. You knew exactly how it was going to flow, how many stitches an hour, how many, how many pieces you could run an hour or essentially in a day. Screen print. Your goal is to print 5,000 a day. But one thing that I can tell you is when people schedule their jobs, um, they schedule based on the number of pieces. Mm -hmm. it's, you don't schedule that way. You schedule on the number of prints. Mm -hmm. So for every location, that's a print. So if you have a sleeve, a sleeve, a back, and a, or a front and a back, that's four locations. If you have 100 shirts, that's 400 prints. Right. People don't schedule that way. They don't think of that. They think of the quantity of the shirts. If you start scheduling your jobs based on prints, you can have an accurate schedule and it will make your production flow much better. Yeah, I think that's the other great. part is go I ahead. said I think that's a great tip for people, especially new people to the industry, is imprints, not shirts that we're looking for. Absolutely. And you know, at, at one point we were doing I was doing about a million we were doing about a million to a year and I just I realized that we needed a shop program, a software that was going to help us grow because we were running QuickBooks. And back then, QuickBooks didn't have all the features it has today. And it still is a little bit cumbersome uh, on the, the shop side of being able to schedule all your jobs. you got to build the, the platform within. And if you have that time and technology, that's great. But we started with ShopWorks. ShopWorks took us the first year we implemented it into the shop. We did a million more in sales. Wow. Because now we had structure, you know, we had inventory, we had all those great things. And, um, and today it's even better because everything's uh, online platform. But the downside is, you know, for some of the companies, Printavo is what we run. I love it. But Bruce, please get inventory. <laughs> I mean, you know, like when I have an order that somebody may have canceled their Bella canvas shirts and uh, I have 144 with 10 smalls and, you know, 36 extra large and the rest 2X, I want something when I go to order, my purchasing person orders, it's going to show this is our inventory of blank that we can yeah. use. And that's what was great about ShopWorks. It was awesome. Yeah, we, um, so, we have the same you know, issue. We use Printavo as well. 
that's yeah. the one thing that we actually created a separate da- database for inventory but then you gotta you gotta communicate that you're taking a shirt out of there because then like they'll go oh let me check if that's in stock or they'll just order and then somebody grabbed it for a test shirt or something and then you're like oh yeah now we're short again so exactly and that and look even that even happened when we were running shopworks it was really good program we had the barcode where you could go over you scan it and it would downside was you had to take that information from the scanner and upload it at the end of the day to get a full report. But, you know, one thing that I can say going back to, if you want to get into this business and start, put an outline together. You know, look at all the, the uh, start with the pros and cons within the industry. Then go into what do I need to get for equipment? You know, what's going to make me, what's going to make me successful as a business owner in the screen print industry? Is it a manual press? Is it an automatic press? Is it a CT, you know, CTS? Is it a, a screen coder, uh, a folding machine? What do I need to be successful? Well, one thing I can tell you is don't, don't look at, you know, how you can be successful with equipment. Look at how that piece of equipment is going to run for you as an employee. So let's just take my screen cleaner. My screen cleaner, his name is Weekly. Because he's here every single day, every week. He's cleaning screens. He doesn't get sick and he doesn't call out. So if somebody doesn't, if somebody calls out, I know that we can put those screens on the belt and they'll still go through and clean. Right now, when you have a screen cleaner who calls out, nobody wants to go and clean screens. Then your screens build up. So you, as the owner operator, on a Saturday, you're back there cleaning screens. We've all been there. Do things that make more sense to your company. Like, I was always against scoop co- the, the screen coder. I'm like, you know, look, you're going to spend $30,000 on a piece of equipment. I can teach somebody to do that. I still feel like if you learn the technique of coding screens, you do a better job manually than the scoop coder because you can adjust what you're putting on the screen. I don't like to have a whole lot of motion on the screen. I like, I like it nice and thin. 230, 305 mesh, line screen of 65. Yep, you heard it. Line screen of 65. People think I'm crazy. It can be done with without a direct screen. You can print and do it. But when you look at those things, what's great about the automatic screen coder is you can hire anybody and put them in there to do that job. But one thing, you know, going back to everything of getting into the industry, there's a lot to it. You know, create an outline for how you're gonna, your shop's going to flow, right? Whether are you going to hire somebody that's just like a shop hop, their job, and I had somebody like that. Their job was to make sure that there was always ink in the screens when we're running big jobs. They help with the breakdown. They may help with the setup. They're involved in ripping all the tape off. They clean all the screens, get all the ink out, get them ready to be cleaned. They might be the ones that are cleaning them along with the other guy that's cleaning screens. Now we have an automatic, you have that one guy, that's what his job is. That guy who cleans all the screens, breaks down all the screens, puts all the inks away, he is now our housekeeping guy. He cleans all the bathrooms, he cleans the floor, all those things. You know, all the things that you need in your shop to make it look presentable. I go into shops selling stamp editors, and I'm not going to mention names, but you need a pair of boots to walk in the back because there's ink everywhere. It's just like... (laughs) 
how, how can you work like this? Yeah. You know, create an environment that when you start to hire people, they come in and they're like, wow, they got their shit together here. This place is awesome. It's clean. You know, this is where I want to work. And to me, that's important. You know, you don't want to work in a shop that's dark and gloomy and ink all over the place. So, you know, there's, look, there's a lot to it. If anybody out there is getting, wants to get involved in screen print, call me 410-718-6618. I'll help you. I'll talk you. I'll probably talk you out on it, <laughs> but uh, I'll help you get into yeah, it. Yeah, that's, so, that's the thing, Jeff, is that, like you mentioned early on, is that, you know, there's a lot of secrets to begin with. And I think that like people coming into the industry probably think that there's still a lot of a lot of secrets. And there probably is some people out there that still want to hold on to their secrets. But the reality is, is there's a lot of people that you can talk to. You just have to ask. Right. Like you, you need a lot of people that can help. You just have to ask. Yeah. Look, when. So the stamp editor has been awesome. And. I've met a lot of good people in the screen print industry. I've, I've become friends with a lot of people because I, I make it a point to become friends with them. Right. And I want to learn about them, learn about their business and what they're doing. And, uh, there are some shops that are doing some unique things that are, you know, uh, it's on that secretive level. Right. So when I look at what they're doing and I respect them, I'm not going to go out and take that idea and say, Hey, you know, by the way, this guy is, you know, he's taking a five-gallon bucket of water and he's pouring it on his shirts before he prints them and the prints are amazing. Like, I'm not going to tell anybody the secrets. But there is this one shop that amazes me with what they're doing with their prints. And back in, like, the 70s, I remember when I was, uh, like, I was probably, like, eight, maybe seven, six, somewhere around there. You In the cereal box, you get an iron on that was, like, a clear over top of the print and it looked really awesome. It was kind of puffy. Well, there's this company that's doing something with ink and this process that they do that anyone can do it, but they figured out how to do it. It's pretty impressive. And I would love to do it, but I I can't because then they would know that I'm ripping them off, you know? And, uh, but they have a unique look of what they're doing and it's pretty incredible. And they stumbled on it by mistake, just trying something new, like to see if it was going to work. And that's what you have to do in this industry. Be, be the innovator, you know, don't follow and do what everybody else is doing. You know, I, I got into this because I'm an artist. When I was younger, you know, my parents were like, look, we want you to go to college. We want you to, you know, get an education, get a good job. And I was like, I'm not going to college. I'm an artist. I draw, I, I do artwork. Yeah. I'm printing t-shirts and they thought I was crazy, mm-hmm. you know, but, but the background for me is I'm a good sales guy. I'm a really good artist. You know, I'm a good printer because I was that guy who started from the ground up to really made it my point to learn that. But there's a downside to that. The downside is you always rely on yourself and you don't rely on other people. That's the problem. So, one thing I would encourage everyone when you hire, hire the right people that can do the job, know the job, know how to do it, but don't do the job. I'm the guy that does the job. And, uh, look, if somebody's struggling or having a hard time, I want to go out there. If it's hot, I'll go out there and work with them to let them know that, Hey, I'm here with you. Let's get the job done. You know, 
and I try to buy lunch for people. I do things that incentivizes each person to, to know that, you know, I appreciate what they're doing because I've always said to my salespeople at one point, um, my one company, we were doing close to 10 million a year. I had seven salespeople. I had independent sales reps. We were doing resort. We were doing uh, corporate. We had team and collegiate licensing. And my salespeople really used to frustrate me because they would bitch and complain that an order wasn't going out. But it was their fault because they would always circumvent the system and say, hey, can you take this job? It's a rush job. They need it for Friday. Is there any way we can get it done? Yeah, well, we can do it, but we're going to bump this job, mm-hmm. right? And knowing that we still needed to get that job done anyway, we would get it done. But what would frustrate me was they didn't appreciate the people in production. I used to tell them we'd have sales meetings every Monday. Listen, it's not going to break your wallet to pull out a buck fifty and buy sixty people in the back lunch. I don't know if it's going to cost you a buck fifty, but do something to show that you appreciate what they're doing for you. Because without them, there is no shirts or embroidered shirts for you to deliver. And without you, there's nothing for us to print. You know, so again, we're a team. We're not each department individually. We work together as a company. I go into so many companies that don't have that vibe. They're, they're all segregated into their own little departments. And, you know, that can be the cancer of your company. Because this company, in this industry, you need people who are talking and thinking and creating new ideas, new concepts. That's important, depending on what you're doing. If you're in the resort business, you need to be creative every single day and being, keeping up with your competitors, right? If you're in the corporate world, you need to find product that is innovative for tomorrow for your buyer because you've already sold them every damn thing out of your catalog. Right. You know, what is the next thing that you can give them, yeah. right? Maybe it's on the tech side of ASI. Maybe it's, I don't know. You know, it's, there's so many different variables in this industry that you have to be a, be creative. But I've what I liked about the, the screen print industry is everyone that I've met is like me. You know, they are, they have this dream and desire of being this marketing company or this uh, design house, you know, and I, and I think it's great. I love it. And um, I think, uh, you know, for everyone who's doing that, you know, you just really need to think about it and never give up because this business can be stressful. Absolutely. You know, and uh, you're putting a lot of time and hours in, right? I mean, we, we, I, I will tell you in the last July and August, I was working 14 to 17, 18 hours a day, wow. but I'm okay with it. My wife isn't <laughs> because I always tell her. She calls you up. And she's like, <laughs> yeah. Matter of fact, she got pissed at me like about two months ago. And, uh, I don't know what, what we were doing. I, we were doing. I was doing something. I was being goofy. I probably had a few beers in me. And uh, anyway, she comes in and she goes, Stampinator, you're the Stampinator. I forgot you have free reign. And I'm like, wait a minute. You know, it, it was, but it's like when I come, when I come into work, you know, it's, it's a hobby for me and a career. I, I love what I do. I enjoy it. Like I come up on a Saturday and I'll clean the press and, clean all the, you know, get all the lint out and, you know, we're, we're doing some renovations now. And, uh, I just, I look, I spend more time here than I do at my house. 
you know, and I want to have be in a good environment, you know? So it's, and I want people to come in and feel good about it with their, you know, with, with what we have to offer and what we're doing. So, Hey, so, so think, yeah, uh, good transition marketing wise. I, I just, uh, I just hired a sales and marketing person. Um, and she's kind of a go-getter as far as like gorilla marketing. I call her a gorilla marketer, but she probably doesn't know I call her a gorilla marketer. I didn't. You didn't know that. We just hired Christy on as our yeah. sales and marketing girl at, at Rock Hill Screen Printing. Yeah. And, uh, and so Jeff nice. is a legend for going out and finding what you, you're chasing after TV shows and stuff, right? That's a, yeah. I mean, look, you know, I'm trying to cut back on the screen print side and really focus on Stampinator, manual Stampinator, the screen cleaner, the Lintinator, you know, so I got, I'm going to have some products for, uh, for, um, yeah, it pulls the lint off the shirt before you print it. So you don't have to go and wipe your, the back of the screen off a thousand times. Right. So look on the marketing side, you know, you gotta be creative. I mean, I, that's, that was me. I never took no for an answer, and I always went after something. Um, we have 98 Rock in Baltimore, and uh, I was probably doing a little over $100,000 a year with them. And just printed up some shirts and sent them to them, right? And that's how I got in. You know, it's we did a design. I had my one artist. He did a design for one of the guys in the, in the race car industry, and we presented it to them, and they loved it. And that's how, you know, kind of proactive – that's how you, the creative side can generate some business. And we would give our salespeople one spec art a month. So each salesperson, we had seven, had one spec art, which meant whoever they were going after, we would do a design and we would print one shirt and give it to them to take out to land that account. 90% of the time it worked because most people aren't going to do it. The people who do it now, are the people who send me a pen that says Stampinator on it, right? Hey, order a thousand pens from us. If you take the time and present a really nice t-shirt in a package, it goes a long way. It's thoughtful. People respect that, right? You Because buyers become your friends in this industry. You keep people for a long time and, uh, and you become friends with them. And uh, you're it's always good to put a face with a name. In today's world, it's kind of changed. I feel like you know we're picking up the phone. We're not meeting with people. People want to see a tangible product. They want to touch it, feel it, look at the print, make sure everything's good. On our bookstore side, I did a thing where we did a small run where we had all the private schools. Private school bookstores spend anywhere from sixty dollars to $100,000 a month when school's in session. That's a lot of money. Go out and pick up 20 private schools. Well, we pretty much were doing every private school at the time in the state of Maryland. And we had we had Durham all the way down to uh, North Carolina. We, we did. We had uh, private schools. But what we do, did was, I was like, you know what? Let's do something for the schools. Let's do like a lunchbox. And when they open up the lunchbox, it has all the, the apparel in there. It has a hat, embroidered hat. It has a T-shirt, a sweatshirt all the swag that they would put in a bookstore. Mm-hmm. And it was easy because bookstores print maybe one, two, or three colors. That's it, you know, with the school name. And that's how we would acquire business. And back then, we were putting uh, the lacrosse mesh short in because that was a big thing. And um, 
you know, always trying to be creative to think of, you know, how can I go over and beyond what someone else would do that somebody's going to respect and understand what I'm doing to co- the commitment that I'm putting to get that business. If you do that, it works. Yeah. I've gotten some big accounts from it. I always like so, to think about you know, like what would you like to receive or think like, well, damn, this is cool. You know, like not just something that is regular that you're sending out. Like if, would it blow your own socks away? That's what you should be sending to other people. Yeah, look, when pop sockets came out for the phone, I mean, we sent them. We we were, I was like, bring in like a hundred of them. Let's print them on the back, our logo, and send them out to all the companies that we do business with. You know, and it works. Look, here's the other thing. Every time I print a job for a customer, let's say Jeremy from Rock Hill Screen Print calls the Stampinator because he wants 144 shirts because he doesn't have the Stampinator and he wants that smooth print. I printed 144 shirts for you, but I threw a hoodie in there and a crew. You're going to say, well, I didn't think about ordering a hoodie and a crew. You call me back. Well, hey, I want 144 crews. These things are awesome. That's the proactive. Don't, you know, I always call it free shit. Just throw some free shit in there because they may turn around and order something from you. You know, and that was great when I was doing the embroidery because we, you know, we're using um, companies that would do digitizing in 24 hours the logo would come back for 10 bucks. You run one, you know, a hat and you send it out to the corporate account. Next thing you know, you're getting more business. You know, that's, that's being proactive and thinking, but you don't want to give away your arsenal either. You know, you don't want to sell them everything in your book, you know, give them a little bit here and there. And that's what I try to do. But one thing for me that's important is to retain a customer, not to be the one time printer. And then they leave because they weren't happy with the service or they weren't happy with the print or whatever it is, you know, um, always follow up. Hey, did you receive your product? Every, how'd everything go? Everything looks great. Great. Think of me next time you, you need shirts. I just did 5,000 pieces, 15,000 location, uh, prints, right? Cause it, the locations and I actually just got an order the other day from a company in Florida because of them. Oh, wow. So when you do that, you know, and the reason I got it was I asked for a referral. I said, hey, you know, Mark, do you know anyone out there who needs apparel that, you know, outside of your company? He's in the automotive industry. Who else does auto parts that you're friends with that I can do their shirts for? And it came back. It was for a camp. Uh, a, a weekend camp that ordered 300 shirts. So, you, you know, ask for that referral to get that business because if somebody's ordering shirts from you, they know somebody else who's going to order shirts as well. Right. So what's your, yeah. what, you said you have the art background. I know when I've talked to you on the phone, you talk a lot about how you can make a cool piece of art. What's your go, kind of go-to software and what are you, what's your go-to like technique right now? Uh, so everything, you know, when, when it comes to artwork, I mean, this is my, this is old stuff that I've had over the years, but everything starts off, sketch something out, right? Give, give the, give an, give an idea of what you're going to do for a customer, right? Give, paint that design, that picture in their head. So when you leave that meeting, you know, like this one, they want it 
um, this was Slap Shots, the movie. And they wanted a design with their dogs for Bugsy Salty Dog Saloon. And the shirt turned out awesome, right? So I'll color pencil, I'll do whatever, and doodle. But a lot of that, once you get this idea, then you take your notes from your phone, you do a docu-scan, you put that in, and then you recreate around your illustration in Illustrator or Photoshop. You know, that is what I use religiously. I don't, I don't go outside of those programs. If you're doing Illustrator, Illustrator's great for all your solid colors. But if you want half tones where you're going to get really good blends and fades, create those in, a, in Photoshop because Illustrator's not meant for the screen printing industry. Okay, it's meant for the paper industry, the book industry. You know, doing a color separation out of Illustrator, you can do it. You have to manipulate things, but a lot of people don't know how to do that. We create, when I create a design in in Photoshop, I use paths, which is just like uh, using your pen tool. And then you select and you can airbrush in there, create your gradients, all those good things, but create everything in layers. So when you go to do your separation, it's a lot easier. We manually separate everything. I don't use any separation program out there because you don't get all the detail. When I tell somebody, this is going to look just like this on a t-shirt, that's exactly what it's going to look like. I go into shops and they're like, oh, well, we get like 90% to it. You know, we can't hit the 100%. Well, you can. You just need to know how to do it, right? So when whenever you hire somebody, hire somebody who's creative. You know, we all need that digitizer who can recreate the artwork. But there's so many companies from India, you can send it out and get it done for 10 bucks and have it back in two hours or eight hours or 24. You know, why hire somebody to come in and do that when they're just a glorified digitizer? You know, to me, hire somebody who is experienced in doing artwork, send them to a class to learn how to do the proper color separations. But... If you're a company that already does color separations and you know how to do it, never hire an artist and put him behind a computer. Put him on the floor and let him learn and understand the, why, how the blends come when printing. To me, that's important. I put every artist. I don't care if you have experience or not. You're working on the floor to see exactly what we do. Because when you do the separations, I want to come in out on a 230 or a 305. And here's the reasons why I want them on a 230 and 305, right? Or a 156. So... Everybody out there thinks they know everything about the industry when they go to look for another job. But granted, this industry is changing every day, every day. You know, I don't want to be the old school guy. I want to be the guy for tomorrow, not for today, you know. And um, if, if you can, if you have the tools to do that, that's great. If not, you know, when you're starting out, you know, there's a lot of good companies. I, you know, I, if you buy a Stampinator from me and you need help with artwork, I'll do your artwork. I'll show you how to do a color separation. You know, I've done that for multiple companies and, uh, and they're just amazed and never even thought that's the steps and process of even doing a color separation because, you know, we're not printing one into the garment. We're printing on top of the garment. You know, I, I'll go into a shop. Their squeegee is like this, right? It's angled. It's mashing down. And here our squeegees, we run vertical with, Really, no flood. You know, we're just skimming that ink across the screen. Vertical gives you a really good half tone. You don't get any blowout, bleed out from your ink. You know, it's those are all the things that you need to 
it's trial and error. And, you know, I have always wanted to be the guy that just printed amazing prints. You know, I want people to come back and talk and, and they're talking about, you know, mm-hmm. slant, you know, there's a guy that reached out to me the other day. He's been following me on Instagram and he has his own brand. And he's like, look, I want to send you everything I have. I want you to start printing all my stuff. Your prints are amazing. And, um, you know, I, I would love to do it. I want to, but you know, he's that guy who has all the shirts. He wants the contract pricing. I don't, I don't want that. You know, yeah. I want, I want to print five and $10 bills, you know, maybe $15 bills. If I can, yeah. I don't want that contract printing. It's nice to have it. If you can have enough contract that covers your overhead, I recommend doing that, but go out, work smart, not harder. Don't be all to be everything to everyone, right? Create a niche, find what your niche is, stick with it, build it, and then build off of that and create something else or venture into, you know, another niche within the industry. So Jeff, one of my questions for you is I've known you've had um, a very large screen printing shop and then you, you know, grown, like uh, contracted a little bit, grown, contracted a little bit. How have you found like the best place for you with your business in the screen printing industry as far as size and revenue volume? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, the For small shop, if you're running, so in a small shop, everybody always seems to overhire. They hire an extra two people for whatever reason, you know, just because you have more people doesn't mean you're producing more. What that means, what that tells me is you need to fire somebody in your shop. That's not stepping up because you, this industry, you know, you can burn through money real quick in production and, and overhead. So when I looked at, when I look at the numbers growing over the years as a company, 3 million was a good spot, right? We were always trying to run between 36 and 40% margin, right? That's where you need to be. If you want to do that, it's very doable in this industry. You can run 50%. You know, we, we were doing corporate. We were doing collegiate bookstores. We had license. We had Notre Dame. I had, we had Navy. We had Virginia. We had, we had a handful of them. So very profitable on that side. You know, you're still paying royalties on it, but the volume was there. Um, when we got to 5 million, that's when we started hiring seven people in the art department, a sales manager, right? Sales manager, 75,000 a year plus commission points. He got off of each person he hired to manage. Right. And all of a sudden it's like, now you're doing close to 10 million. And I'm like, I'm making the same money that I was making it. 3 million. Like this is nuts. You know, so three million is a good number, right? If you can get to three million, you can you can make three to five hundred thousand dollars as a sole proprietor with no partners in this industry. You know, maybe a little bit more. You know, that's what's good about that's what I love about this business, right? Like my the one thing I tell people is. They're like, how is it being a business owner and, you know, your kids go to private school, you have all these things going on. And I'm like, look, I paid more money in education than the average screen printer unless they're sending their kids to private school. Um, 
what's great about this business, if you go out and you hustle and bring in business, you find a way of paying those bills, <laughs> you know, because there's so much of that business that's out there. So ever since COVID kicked in, I think it's tougher to hire people because people today, they're not, and guerrilla marketing is me, right? I, I love guerrilla marketing. You know, I, I was, I, I'll take, I'll go print up 200 signs and post them out at a lacrosse event and stick them out there because I'm selling the number one lacrosse shirt. And here's where I want you to go to get it. Right. When you look at things like that today, young kids, they want a $75,000 base salary as a salesperson, but they want to work remote and they don't want to leave their house. That's not a salesperson. Right. I mean, you, what it comes down to is this, when you hire and you're a sales guy in this industry, any industry, sales 101, people want to see you. It's, let's just say you're calling, you're, Rock Hill's selling to a company, right? Right around the corner from, from you, I don't know. Let's say it's uh, the Great Pretzel. They're ordering $10,000 worth of product from you a year, but you don't go and see them. I'm the guy that comes in, drops off the sample, and now I'm talking to them. They'll make that switch with me. Because they want somebody who is engaged with them, right? That's what is important. And how do we get these young people to realize that and understand that? Because in any sales position, especially in this one, the sky's the limit. I always tell everybody this. The screen print business is like the bar industry. When you're happy, you're drinking. When you're sad, you're drinking. When you're happy, you're buying a t-shirt. When you're sad... You're buying a t-shirt. 9-11, I printed so many flag t-shirts, it was disgusting. I felt guilty, right? Yeah. But everybody wanted one, and we donated money back to something, and I felt better. But if I wasn't printing them, somebody, somebody else was. That's how, the, yep, that's how this business is. You know, it's a fun, it can be a fun business. It can be a stressful business. You know, I've done, I, we've done, I've done the hot market printing. I've done the, the Philadelphia Eagles. I've done the... The Capitals, the Ravens, the Orioles, that's stressful. Yeah. You know, they bring in they bring in their army. It's kind of like uh, Christmas vacation. You know, oh, you kiss his ass, you kiss his ass, and his ass, boom, boom, boom. Right? They bring in their whole crew, and they're stalking you because they don't want product to go out the back door. You can't work like that. You know, like, that is miserable work, and you're up all night for pennies on the dollar. Right. It, it, to say that you print it for the Ravens, oh, who cares? Right. You know, if, if you're you're making a bucket shirt and you're only printing ten thousand shirts for one night, it's not worth it. To me, it's not worth it because you have other production that needs to get done, and nobody wants to come in on Monday and go into regular production because we were here all night long, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, look, it's you just got to be smart with what you're choosing. And how you're picking business. And um, the one thing that I feel for everybody in this industry right now, everyone I talk to, we're all struggling and finding help. And um, it's awful. You know, it really is because this whole pandemic's over with. And I'm pretty certain the government's not giving out money. Do people just realize and learn to just be free and not have money, yeah. you know, yeah. and... It, you know, it's, and, and I don't think they care. I mean, my daughter's in college and 
she's that same kind of kid, you know, she's just like, wants to enjoy life and live life. I don't know what happened, but, um, you know, in production, the Stampinator, give me a couple years, you're going to see the Stampinator robot that's unloading shirts oh, for you. Right? Uh, uh. Well, Jeff, I feel like you've taught screen printing 101 for business owners today with all the little nuggets that you've given us. And you've talked about Stampinator a little bit, but for anybody that hasn't seen you on any other podcast, what is the Stampinator? What can it do for printers? Why is it so great? So the Stampinator, the reason the Stampinator is so great is because it was created by a screen printer for screen printers, right? Now, look, it's, um, I always looked at things, I've done a lot of things in my lifetime, and I have on my Facebook posts, it's, uh, or my page, it's Thomas Edison, right? You know, it, it, I've created, uh, there's 10,000 ways to fail. I failed, but I didn't fail. I've learned, you know, as I go along. Well, you know, that's what we do in this industry. We're learning. We're failing, but we're learning to fix those mistakes. And when, you know, when I created the Stampinator, you know, it was just the issues that we were having with uh, trying to speed up our process with transfers and then the fibrillation issues that were out there. And, uh, you know, when I look at it, you know, look, the Stampinator may not be for your company, may not be for every company out there, but it's a tool that I think everybody should have in their shop because once you get acclimated to it, it's something that you're not going to ever want to let go because it truly makes your prints look better. Um, I, I have customers who, when their Stampinator's down for whatever reason, they don't want to print yeah. because they... They know exactly what the Stampinator does and what it's going to do for them and their customers. You know, it's it's a learning curve. There's no question. And you once you get over it, it's going to work. It's kind of like this, this Wacom tablet, right? I bought this thing, I don't know. I was probably 28 when I first got my first one. This thing sat in the box because it was so cumbersome I couldn't use it. Now... I don't use this anymore. I'm using this when I'm designing and it's saving my fingers, you know? So um, it, it's, I'm not doing the click and having arthritis in my hands and all those things. The Stampinator is kind of like that, right? You, you, once you start to use it, you're going to realize, Hey, this is a good asset to the company. And this is something that, you know, we need to implement on every press and run within our shop. So it, it's just a matter of taking that time and getting used to it. But one thing I always tell people is, when you buy the Stampinator, you're not just getting the Stampinator. You're getting me. You're getting myself that's going to come in and help you within your shop. You could call me with any questions, and I'm not going to charge you. Issues on why your, your prints look bad. Why can't you do the proper color separation? I'll show you how to do that. You know, that's where my wife gets upset because she's always like, you do all this consulting for nothing. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. it's not for nothing. Yeah. It's for the Stampinator yeah. because people – you know, respect and understand, you know, what I'm doing. And, and I feel like, you know, I, I feel like I'm pretty well known in the industry and people respect me and, you know, and I, I want to keep that, you know, and have that integrity of, you know, delivering something good. I, I can admit, I don't deliver the Stampinators in the timely fashion that I should all the time, yeah. but it, but it's tough. You know, one, it's a lot of money for inventory a lot of it's a, you know I'm selling stampinators but it's just it's a very costly thing with patents 
and trademarks and developing other products, all these things, and still running a print shop. You know, people ask me, why are, why are you still printing? I think I asked I'm printing you for you. I met you. Why are you still printing? Yes. <laughs> and, and I'm printing for you, the screen printer, because it's in my blood. It's going to make me successful with creating other products or maybe helping a company develop a product. But, but I truly, I do love it. You know, look, I'm 50. When I hit 48, 47, I started to feel like fatigue at the end of the day. Like, wow, like standing all day is definitely getting to me. There's no question, you know? Um, but will I give up printing? Probably not. I'm trying to, uh, you know, I'm trying to, to get away from it and focus more on Stampinator, but it, it's hard. It really is because the Stampinator and printing go together and that's how I make my videos. I find something new. Like right now, let me grab it. We have with the Stampinator and you're printing a shirt and you have the seams that are on the palette or the collar comes up onto the palette. Whether you're using an iron or a roller, when it's coming across, it's going to hit it and bump up and it's not going to mat down the fibers. So we have this green thermal conductive rubber that goes between the Teflon and the heating element. Now, this allows it to go over any seam that you're printing when you stamp with the Stampinator. So if you're printing a lady shirt, that's the sleeves, the seams are up on the palette or a V-neck, you can go right over it with the green rubber. We ran a job today. It had a split seam. Be right back. <laughs> this, is, uh, this is a good one to show everybody. And th this customer, he's a retail customer. He has a surf shop. And if the Stampinator were to go down and I printed his sweats and sent them out, he would be extremely upset. So we have two pieces that we cut and it goes in between the Teflon and the heating element and it splits the seam and the butt. This was the print that we did. I love ass and it's, I love ass. And it's acetic Island, which is right on the coast. So look at the shine. Look at the shine on that. Do you see any? There's no fibrillation in there. It's a, the print is amazing. But with the Stampinator, without using the rubber, this ass would not look that good. That's a shiny ass. Shiny ass. So, you know, and that's... That's why I'm still printing because the Stampinator is great. I want to make it even better. Yeah. Okay. And to create things to, to make it better. And there's, there's some issues that I have. Said. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say, <send> <laughs> do you want me to send you, you want a pair of shorts? I have an extra pair back yeah, there. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. But uh, what, what I was you know, like the, the MNR press, I have a few customers that have the MNR, um, the, uh, sport or the sportsman and the carousel raises kind of just like the, the Anatol where it raises up. So I'm going to create something. So when they're not using the Stampinator, um, or thinking maybe just doing something with an airlock that'll lift it up. So you just flick the switch, loosen it up. It'll bring it up a little bit. So when the pallet comes around, it's not going to touch yeah. it. Some little things that I can do to make things easier, but, you know, I'm always listening to, to people when how to perfect things. I don't take – criticism's great. Yeah. 
if you can if you can handle it. Most people can't. They get all defended over, right? Constructive criticism works, and I always honor it. Bring it on, because yeah. I want to be better, right? Yeah. And uh, and that's what I want to do. You know, with Stampinator, look, we have I have have the manual Stampinator. Um, you guys want to see a sneak peek yeah, of it? Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> you guys were broadcasting today from Blue Ridge Studio. Aaron has been coming to you. So here is the manual Stampinator. Uh-oh. And it works off of a foot pedal. So when you're printing on your manual press, yeah. it comes down and it stamps. So that's a quick uh, <laughs> of the manual Stampinator. He slides against the wall. He's like, here. These are short. They're going over the shoulder. So. So for all the manual screen printers and the dude that was at Rock Hill who won the manual screen printer or the manual Stampinator, it's on its way at some point. And uh, yes. I, am, I am a man of my word. I, it's yours. You won it. And by the way, there was a woman who won a Stampinator and I never responded. I don't know if she had an automatic press or not. She has a, um, she has a workhorse now. She's, she was trying to get a rock. She put it off and got a workhorse. Oh, was it Mandy? It was Mandy. Yeah, she got a Freedom Express, too. Um, so I don't know. Does it work on a workhorse? Uh, it, you know, it does. It's a little cumbersome because it's such a small footprint. Okay. I have I have people out there who use it on, on, a work, on the, the Freedom. I have people out there who have bought one and sent it back because they felt like their press was too small. And, you know, again, it's, it's not for everyone for what they're doing yeah. within their shop. It's, it's something that you need to get acclimated to so I ran a and adjust to it. And I wonder if that manual Stampinator would work on it. Like you just pop that in right where the flashback goes, if it would work just fine. Um, the manual one. My flashback. Yeah, so we're we're gonna we're gonna create so my the manual the manual stampinator is also gonna be for the automatic too. Okay. okay. So it'll it'll work for both. So you know, ideally, you could actually take that head off. Yeah. And and just roll it right in there. So and and that would be great for the ones that are out there, like the sportsmen's that are on the market, um, the workhorse, and uh, you know maybe even the anaton as well. So you know, look and and I in. And I get it. You, you know, you don't want to lose print heads. You know, you want to gain print heads. And that's why I was like a big fan, you know, with the Stampinator, of, a big fan, listen to me, right? Yeah. Pushing the Stampinator for curing your underbase because everybody was printing, flashing, and rolling. Get rid of the roller. Yeah. With Stampinator, if you can hit that within one and a half to two seconds, you can print right after you hit yeah. it and stamp yeah. and cure it, you know, which is pretty impressive. So, but yeah, um, you know, look, trying to develop some things that are going to make some things easier within the industry. And uh, I enjoy working with people and talking to people, you know, and trying to keep everyone happy and satisfied. You know, sometimes it's a little tough, but, you know, everyone out there pretty much has my personal number, you know. So I, I just, again, you know, I want to have a relationship with, with a company, their employees, and watch them grow. And, to, and evolve into something bigger than what they are. You know, now there are some companies out there that are bigger th- at the level that I always wanted to get to, 
And, um, you know, I'm not there. I never will get there. And I'm okay with that. You know, it's, 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 it's the industry has been good to me. And, uh, you know, don't stress yourself out. Jeff, if someone wants to see the Stampinator in action and see actually what it does, how it worked for them, what events are you going to have it at coming up? Yeah, so we have, uh, we're going to do the Atlanta um, show, which is uh, Print United. Uh, I think it'll be in Maid Labs, uh, one of their presses. We're trying to get in with Anatol. I don't think that's going to happen. And then... We'll do, uh, in 2024, we're going to do Long Beach, and we're going to have our own booth in Long Beach. So hopefully we'll have our manual out there with the manual press and uh, a couple other products. So I'm excited for that. And then 2024, we're going to hit the circuit of trade shows. Uh, We'll do Fort Worth, you know, the ones that make sense. Because here's one thing I learned about this industry, and I, I wish more people would go to trade shows. But I feel like every trade show that I've been doing over the last five years, I see the same people, right? So I'm relying on companies out there that are, you know, dealers to sell the Stampinator. And one thing I learned about, you know, with people, you know, in this industry, nobody's really pushing products or new products. You know, it's they only push it when somebody asks for something or because they're having an issue. You know, I literally... I've been in this place for five years. I've had two salespeople stop by to see me. They know I'm, everybody knows I'm here, but they don't stop in. You know, what's great about this industry, you can backdoor any shop and nobody tells you to get the fuck out. They're like, come on in. Yeah, let's talk. You know, like as a sales guy and you backdoor other companies, people are like, what the hell are you doing? Like, this is the one industry now you can literally go in the back door and talk to a production guy and nobody's going to get pissed at you, yeah. you know? And, um, I'd like to see more young, younger salespeople out there, whether you're a guy who's screen printing for a company for 10 years and you want to leave and start to sell products and you have that knowledge and you understand the industry and the product you're selling, you could be so successful yeah. because like Aaron and I from Blue Ridge, right? We talk about, we are talking about it. Aaron's that guy. You know, it's not about getting the sale. It's about giving them the service and the knowledge within the industry. That is going to give you a lifetime of sales, right? And residual income coming in from that customer. Because you're not just selling them a product. You're selling them a product with your knowledge on how how to help them out and grow as a company. Sales guys, they don't give... Not every sales guy shouldn't say that, you know? But I feel like a lot of them just don't have the knowledge of the product that they're selling for whatever reason. It's probably not their fault. It's the guy who owns the, the company and isn't educating them on what to sell. You know, years ago I had a rep that came out. It was a product called Blister Base. And it was like a puff ink. And it, but it when it went through the dryer, it kind of gave you like a distressed look with different puffs in different areas. You know, this guy didn't even know how to sell the product. It was awful. And I was just like, can you just leave me the container so I can try it? He's like, well, no, I'm just showing you the samples. Well, the samples he's showing me came from Rutland because Rutland develops new products. They print samples and they give them to the salespeople to go out and sell them. He had no idea how to sell the product or when to use it or how to be creative with it. It was awful. You know, like it's, but my point is for somebody like that and they leave a product or a sample as a shop owner, 
or a, a shop that's doing volume, you're, you don't have time to spend to mess around with something to, to be creative with it, right? You need somebody who's going to come in and show you when to use it, how to use it, and how it's going to work. That is, as a sales guy, knowing the shop you're calling on. Mm-hmm. So in the case of something like that blister base, at the time, I wasn't doing resort business. I was doing corporate. So that didn't apply to me. But if I was the shop that was doing resort business and doing different designs, that would apply to me. Know your market, know your customer. People today don't. And that's the same thing as a screen printer. Know your market, know your customer, and who you're going to target and go after. If you want, I always tell every salesperson I hire, find your top 10 $100,000 a year accounts. It's going to take you five years. It might take you 10 years to break into them. Then go out and find 20 $50,000 a year accounts, right? That you want. Then go out and find 40, $20,000 a year accounts, right? And then go out and just find miscellaneous $2,000, $5,000 a year accounts that are going to come in. They're the ones that you're going to get today that's going to give you commission. But if you work, squeaky wheel needs greasing on the larger accounts. Once you land them, you get them in. It's like a bank. You lock them in, you get a loan from a bank. And you have a you have your line of credit. You're not leaving that bank and going somewhere else. Yes. You bring somebody in. You lock them in. You build a contract. You put something together where you have product on the shelf that's going to keep them there for the longevity. Unless that person that buyer leaves, I've seen it. Buyers do leave, and then they bring in a, a new buyer comes in, a new screen printer comes in. You're out. Ride it while the wave's there. But that's the when you have a hundred thousand dollar account a year. As a salesperson, you're working smarter. You're not working harder. You know, I had had a guy say to me in, in a sales meeting one day, I said, you know what? I'm going to change some commission structures around, and I want to see what you guys do. And the one guy said to me, he goes, all right, so you're just going to make all the commission 10%. It doesn't matter what tier I sell it on. Nope, you can go out and sell whatever. Well, then shit, I'm going to go out, and I'm going to mark it up 5%. And I'm going to go and sell $10 million worth of stuff, and you guys are going to work your asses off in here. And I said, okay, so that was a test. You just told me you're going to go out and sell $10 million a year. Well, go out and sell it at the margin of 33 and a third markup with what I've given you. Be a sales guy, because I don't want somebody who's giving things away working for my company. You're not, you know, you're not a sales guy. You're a guy that's trying to undercut everybody to get the sale. Sell your business, sell your quality, sell your service, sell yourself. That's all you got to do. And don't bullshit anybody. Yeah. If you know, Just be honest with what you're doing. And you'll be successful. You really will. That's awesome. Well, Jeremy, you, you ask somebody, you ask everybody we have on the podcast one question. Yeah, the question for you, uh, Jeff, as we wrap up here today um, is what, so we always ask what your passion and your purpose is. So do you have like a passion in life? I know screen printing is your passion. I know stamping aid is your passion, but you got anything else like that? Um, it's the, there's a passion of yours in your life or, do you, or, and then the other side of that is, do you feel like you have a purpose in the industry and a purpose, uh, passion in the industry that you, you're really passionate about? Yeah. I mean, look, I have three girls and, uh, they are, Nine, uh, nine, 11, 14, and, and tw- <laughs> 19. a little wrong. <laughs> a, a little off, right? Uh, I, I love them to death, you know? And 
I love to snowboard. I love to surf. I love the mountain bike. And, you know, all the things that I do with them, they're doing, they surf, they snowboard. They do all those things because I do that, you know, and I like to be active. I want them to be active. And I, I love my girls to death. You know, they are, they are the best. And, and my wife, you know, with the girls, I mean, we, we just have, we have a beach house. I love going down there and just getting away from literally somebody had said this to me the other day, the Bay bridge in Maryland, which by the way, is the largest bridge in the United States, the longest bridge over 5.2 miles long. Okay. Yes. Fun fact. All right. When you drive, when you drive over that bridge, this literally leaves my head because I'm headed for the coast. I'm going to the sunsets. I'm going to the beach. I don't even think about screen printing. I don't think about the stampinator. I used to, I used to all the time. I could never get work out of my head and it drove me nuts. And, uh, your kids, they grow, you blink and they're adults. You know, I, it's, and you need to spend that time with them. It's more valuable than this. You know, this is, this is a passion of mine. And without it, I couldn't do all the things that I do in my personal life, but you have to have that balance. And sometimes I feel guilty because I don't have that at times, you know? So my passion is just spending time with my family and as much as I can, you know, and, uh, I have an identical twin brother and he'll call me all the time and say, Hey, you want to go fishing? And I'm like, I'm like, dude, I, I can't, you know, you're, you're calling today and you want to go tomorrow. If you would have called me a week ago, he goes, well, I do. I call you a week, but you can't. And I'm like, well, you know, my girls are into so many things. I would just don't want to miss out. I want to be there, you know? So that's, that's my passion. You know, just the outdoors, enjoying it with them and having fun with family and friends. Yeah. Right. My purpose, I guess, who knows where, where that, when that comes or when you figure something out. But I think my purpose, honestly, was to develop something to help people out in this industry. And it was the Stampinator in a weird way. You know, like, um, I don't know. I mean, I feel like I've done a lot of things where it's helped people. And the weird thing that I still can't really get over and understand I have people at trade shows who want to take their picture with me, right? And they'll come up and literally like, man, you really changed my life in printing. And it's so good to hear that. Like, you know, and I'm like, man, so maybe that was my purpose, you know, develop this to make things better for you. And, you know, look, again, it's not for everybody, but for the people who use it and understand and get it and know when to use it or when not, maybe not to use it. It's done a lot of good things for people. And, it really has taken that printer who doesn't really know how to print become a better printer to be quite honest with you, you know, because all the things that we're trying to figure out and how to get rid of fibrillation and, and, um, you know, whatever we're doing, I'm kind of, I've kind of helped that along. And I feel like I developed it before the irons came out, you know, the roller was out there, but you know, I had literally the first stampinator that was out on the market the only Stampinator that was doing those things. And then you saw the irons and the hotheads and things like that that came out. So, you know, to help people, my purpose is to help you in the screen print world. So if you need help, reach out, you know, how do, I how am, do people get a hold of you? That guy. 
Look, you can read. You can reach me. You can email me at Jeff at Stampinator.com. My personal cell number is 410-718-6618. Call me with any questions. Call me with anything within the industry, you know, because that will lead and go somewhere else. Oh, my, my phone rings off the hook all the time. You know, like it, it, it is, uh, it does get a little, a little crazy, but I don't know. Like I enjoy the industry, you know, like I said to Jeremy, I said, you know, made lab was having this competition with water base inks. And I was like, let me just do one badass fucking design <laughs> so we can just blow everybody away. And we'll print it with plastisol, and they won't even know. <laughs> you know, we'll base out the inks. They'll have no idea that it's plastisol ink, you know, unless they send it out and get it tested. But I, um, you did. You know, I, I just, yeah, I just want to make things better, you know, for, for everyone and, and for myself. And, uh, you know, it's, I wish I could please everyone and do everything at the same time, but it's hard, you know. And at the end of the day, I'm still a screen printer. And I'm still trying, you know, to do all the things that I'm doing with the stamp and growing that business. But I don't want to become, you know, just people knowing me as the stampinator and developing equipment. I want people to understand that I'm still a screen printer working and developing products for you. And essentially, I want to start bringing in products from other companies and just talking about whether, you know, doing a review on, you know. A, a quality review on whether it's going to work for you within your, your company. Because I feel like we spend money. I always use that, say this. We've all been in the position where we bought equipment in this industry or something from a sales guy. Cause he said it was going to change your life. And then it sat in the corner and you didn't use yeah. it. I don't want to ever be that yeah. guy. Right. I don't, I don't, I want to be the guy that's going to develop something, test it and then take it to market and show you that it works and how it's actually going to change and save time within your shop. To me, that's important because we, we don't, we can't hire people. You know, people don't want jobs. People don't want to work, you know, and go through a whole list and they all sound the same and it gets so frustrating. So how can we do things better? One thing that I'll leave you with is this week I printed all by myself. No one in here up until yesterday. Cause I wanted to see what I could do. I had 3,800 prints. They were sleeve prints, left chest, and the back. I printed all the sleeves with the Stampinator and a flash and the green rubber, because the green rubber doesn't cure, but it cured it enough that I could stack the shirts. Oh. So I printed the sleeve. I stacked them. I printed the other sleeve. I stacked them. Never went through the dryer. So I didn't have to go down and count, this, lift, take the shirts out of the basket. I finished that job. When I got it finished, I set the Stampinator up to cure the left chest. I printed the shirt. I stamped the left chest at the end of the print run for four seconds. It cured the ankle on the shirt. And then I set the back up, and then I ran it through the dryer. And this dryer cured both sleeves. I'm running a gas dryer, so you have that air circulation. So it cured the, the uh, ankle on the sleeves. The left chest was... I already know it was cured, but again, went through the dryer, another full cure. And then I only had to stack those shirts once. So when I printed by myself, I had, I don't know, 300 extra larges, larges, and then small mediums. I put all those on separate carts. So I print each size by itself. So I'm not sorting and trying to figure out where my stack goes. 
I just wanted to see how efficient I could be. And I was pretty damn efficient with one person. So if you can get, you know, two or three people who can be as efficient as you and not work at the level of what you're working as an owner, but putting, giving you a little bit more than, you know, 50%, you can be pretty damn productive in your shop and using people where you're not having somebody at the end of the belt. So for the last couple of years, we've been printing sleeves like that. I'll never run a sleeve to a dryer ever again if it gets multiple locations because eventually the shirt's going through the dryer. But it, it just makes the process a lot easier. And um, yeah, that's what I'm trying to do to show and make video for other shops to see what how the Stampinator can save you time. It's not about matte and fibers and curing on press. It's about saving time where you can do it with one person. And that's a really good example. That's awesome, Jeff. Hey, man, we want to thank you for joining us today. It's been great. It's been, it's been really great. Give me – all right, so Mike – I yeah, thanks walked for around me. the shop the other day and was like, "You got when you have them on, you got to tell them my new uh, my new catchphrase for Stampinator." And I was like, "I'm sure he's heard them all," but he goes, "My new catchphrase is I'll be flat." <laughs> oh, I like it. I'll be flat. <laughs> I'll be flat. <laughs> he's cracking. Oh, that's up. great. He's walking around the shop cracking himself up. It was really good. So that that's awesome. That that is awesome. Yeah. Hey, and look, you know, again, I, I want to thank you guys for having me and, uh, you know, Jeremy for the uh, having, you have two Stampinators yeah. now, right? Yeah. And, uh, I, you know, I got to make some of these green and blue shirts that I have with, uh, the red for all the Anatol customers yes, that are out yeah. there. <clears throat> As a matter of fact, I will do that. You know what? I'm going to, I'm going to create a link and, uh, if, We'll do uh, for Anatol customers. If you have an Anatol press, take a picture of you by your press. I'll send you a T-shirt with the red in it, showing you what it does with the, you know with the Stampinator. If you don't have a Stampinator, and it will work. And Jeremy uh, Rock Hill has a Stampinator on the Anatol, and uh, I believe he's pretty happy. We're with pretty it. happy with it. Thanks, Jeff, for joining us, man. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon, bud. Yep. All right, cheers. Take care. Cheers. See you guys.